PFT Media. You are now listening to Cinema Crespediso. Chris Crespo Radio Show. Everybody likes it. Listen to his shit. Gentlemen, here we go. Episode 421 is the number of the show. This is Cinema Cross by the So, and if you didn't know, that's Drew Cogburn. <sighs> so close, Chris. <laughs> you always, always got to ruin it right in the uh, end. <laughs> oh, I'm a big old dumb ruiner. How you doing, Drew Cogburn? Doing. All right, fantastic. Good to see you, sir. Uh, uh, beautiful weather we're having outside. I is thought it, briefly yeah. about dragging all the equipment outside and getting us some what i know wait chris wants to go outside it was so nice out there it's like 65 and 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 cool and breezy pretty sure you're agoraphobic Mm. no i like the i like the outdoors i don't go too far from out (laughs) i ain't trying to go into no woods or no shit like that you know i like i like the feel of concrete beneath my feet not beneath my feet like beneath my shoes in which my feet are encased because i'm also not some sort of barefoot weirdo (laughs) I knew a guy like that in college who fr- freshman year barefoot weirdo it was all about walking around going everywhere barefoot oh, just kept no, his shoes with him no. just like, to go into buildings and stuff or otherwise they technically okay. wouldn't let him in like if it's your house or you're on your property mm-hmm. and you don't feel like wearing shoes mm-hmm. whatever it's a, that's you that, that, that's your space this was living on the dorms if you're if you're just a barefoot person at See, living at the dorms even still the second you're on public property mm-hmm. like you should be wearing shoes until you're that quad area yeah Man, I or even be, you shouldn't be barefoot in those bathrooms. No, no, I was never barefoot in those bathrooms. I, Not I a had, single time. I had, they even recommended, hey, yeah. when you use the showers, but uh-huh. have some shower flops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh-huh. I see you want of weird foot stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to uh, Dormitory <laughs> Health with Crespedis, so hosted by Drew Cogburn and Chris Cress, where we're talking about our our days living in the dorms and whether or not it was healthy. It was not. It was not. That's the end. That's the end of the episode. Thank <laughs> you so much, guys, for listening. We appreciate it. Uh, we have a lot to talk about this week, but first things first, I want to bring this up right off the top. <coughs> oh. <coughs> and I died. That was it. Awesome. <laughs> I just wanted to bring this up, guys, just so everybody knows, Chris is dead. One it's over. Uh, Cinema Crest so will not continue because I am far too lazy to do any of no, the work. No, he won't do it. You won't do it. He doesn't want to do it. He's happy. That <clears> happened. <throat> um, no, I choked on my own spit there. It was, it was crazy. <laughs> You know how that happens sometimes? It's called aspiration, Chris. I aspirated. <laughs> people, old people die like that. You know what? What's old? I mean, like my mom. That was not that. That wasn't that, <laughs> that, wasn't that old. Uh. That wasn't that old. Rest in peace, Mama Cogburn. Um, oh, this is the original email. So, uh, past guest of the show, Matt Burgess. He's mm-hmm. on Twitter as Matt Celery. He was uh, on SBK Live. He was known as, he was SBK's favorite low-calorie listener. 
Low calorie listener. Because his How name was because his name was Matt Celery. Oh, so oh, I get it. And uh, we had we had him on the show to promote one of his past uh, short mm-hmm. films, and he has another one that's actually out now called Resilient. And he sent us an update, and I have some info here. Let's see. The, the last movie was Survive If I Let You. Uh, let's pull up this one here. This one's called Resilient, and it's playing February. Here we go. Uh, film screened this past weekend at the Central Florida Film Festival. It's scheduled to screen again at the Love Your Shorts Film Festival Sunday, February 14th in Sanford at 3 p.m. He has a uh, pair of tickets for a giveaway. Two pairs of tickets. Two pairs of tickets, actually. Uh, and he provided a link to that giveaway. So I'm going to add that link to the show notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, people can click on it there. Uh, if you want to get in on it and try to get some more, just buy. I'm sure it's cheap. Just buy some tickets if you're a local and you're not afraid of, uh, you know, dying indoor activities mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I mean, it's fine. It's a movie theater. You're, you're probably as long as you're distanced then it's not like a comedy or everyone's and laughing. You got your mask on. Get your where you're got that mask. They're saying double masking now. Really? Yeah. I thought that was unsafe. Like wearing two condoms. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you're, you're thinking condoms. <laughs> More of a chance of going to break. You're thinking <laughs> all the friction for my face moving between the two masks. Um, so there you go. Hit up a... Uh, check the show notes for that link. Resilient. All right. Got my, got my book here. Got my notes. Here we go. We review the little things. Yeah, saw it. On HBO, mm-hmm. Warner Brothers movie. Warner Media. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was going to be... In a normal year, this was the movie we would have seen in theaters this weekend. Yes. But instead, not only is it in theaters, but it's also on HBO. Mm-hmm. So we watched it on HBO. Yes, HBO we did. Separately, but we watched it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I will say, I think I saw the Rotten Tomato scores about 40-something percent. I get it. Yeah. I get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. This is this see, is see this, right. This is what happens when you have an impeccable cast. Great cast. And uh, the directing and writing does not match. Yeah, so John Lee Hancock is the writer-director. He wrote this screenplay back in 1990. Uh, yeah. Something like that, 91. Oh, which is yeah. why it's set in 1990. And it's set in, yeah, it's set in 90. I think he wrote it in 93. Um, and then obviously rewrote it over the years. So it feels, it so feels like a 90s thriller. It feels. Which it, is kind of cool. I mean, yes and no. It feels like it should be darker for yes. whatever reason mm-hmm. like wherever they were going with this a sh- should have gone there completely yeah uh and uh they didn't so it, it was weird it felt like um well there was like two different movies going on in there almost denzel was doing his movie or amy malik was doing his movie and then they sort of like hung out together from time to time yes in scenes they hung out together and then it's this whole thing where it's like well we're, we're looking for this serial killer uh, it's the same killer. It's that's why part of why it feels, feels so. Like the same killer. That's why I feel so nineties because yeah. it's like yeah, yeah. on for a serial uh-huh. killer. Uh, who is the serial killer? Who is it? Who is it? Who is it? Meanwhile, top three bill are Denzel, Rami Malik, and Jared Leto. And Jared Den- Leto looks like a creepy weirdo. It's like, well, there yeah. we go. There's our killer. Yeah, and, th- <laughs> and then also Denzel and Rami are uh, their characters are shown within like ten minutes, pretty no. early on. We're following them. 45 minutes, 15 minutes into the movie, you're like, where the hell's creepy Jared Leto? Oh, there he is. He's in the background in the scene. It's like set him mm-hmm. up even more to be like, yeah. of course, this is the bad guy, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, um, I think they, did they hide Kevin Spacey's casting in Seven? Maybe. I think they did, maybe. I can't recall. I don't remember. Yeah, that was a long time. I can't remember promotional uh, material from uh, that long ago. I mean, shit, yeah, it was uh, 
13, 15 years old, too, as a matter of fact. It's amazing the things I do remember from that time. So, John Lee Hancock, I think the last movie he did was The Founder. Okay. That's the uh, Michael Keaton yep. is uh, Roy Kroc, Ray Kroc, Roy, Ray Kroc, the founder of McDonald's, mm-hmm. the stealer of McDonald's. And his whole filmography is movies like that. It's like, you know, eh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's a good idea. It's got a good cast. It looks okay. It's about as far as we go. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I mean, I ain't going to go around recommending the founder to anyone. I'm not going to go around recommending this movie to anybody. I'm going to recommend this one even less than, like, at least the founder has a. Uh, very charismatic Michael Keaton performance yeah. at the center of it. Also, it's got our homeboy, speaking of great thrillers, uh, Zodiac. I know. John, yeah. John Carroll Lynch. Man, yeah. he's so good. John Lynch. John Carroll Lynch. Yeah. And, and who played his brother? Was it Nick Offerman? Who was the brothers? It was him and... I think it was... I don't know. I remember Nick Offerman. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's got a good cast and it, look, and it looks okay. It looks okay. The problem is it's digital. Yeah. So it kind of looks like an episode of Law and Order. Mm-hmm. Like a well-shot episode of Law and Order, but still an episode of... Law and Order. Uh, Law and Order LA. What was the other one? LA Law? No, that was a lawyer show. Okay. Did they have a... They have one now. No. Is Brooklyn's Finest? Miami's Finest. LA's Finest. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure all of those exist. <laughs> <laughs> the versions of all those exist. Um... Yeah, my uh, that and that's technically a bad boy spinoff. Yeah, because it's what's her name, uh, Gabrielle. Oh, that just got put on something because because well, that, that was the Spectrum original. Yeah, it was on some bullshit thing that no one watched. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's on Peacock now or something. Someone bought that shit. Yeah. Same thing with that um Mr. Mercedes show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no one was watching whatever ATT Universe <laughs> audience channel bullshit. Uh, that's how you know there was too much content when all those other networks popped up. <laughs> so, the little things, uh, take a shot every time Denzel brings it up, how it's the little things, little things are this, little things I mean, are that. maybe three times? I think about three times. Yeah, that, so that's about, that so about, about three shots. So we're <laughs> very close to the end, too, so I think it'll be good to go, actually. I mean, he did say it for the first time right in the middle of the movie, and I was like, and, I mean, I really don't care about this movie. I could stop watching it I mean, right movie, movie's over. <laughs> now, it does have a sort of twist, uh, the twist uh, what... what would eventually set this movie apart from its other ones. And it's almost as like, I don't want to say a double twist, but like there's a twist to the plotting and then a reveal no. that they've been building up to that you sort of it's like, all right, why well, do you sort of see this coming? No, exactly. Anyway. And it's like, when it happened, it's like, oh, Okay. Because even what like hand but on the chair, like oh, okay. still like even I mean it should have gone like at least something sh- happened. I mean. Did it though? It, it sort of <laughs> did. It sort of did because you're like, I mean, I can't get this worse. But uh, it is. I mean, I'm pretty sure the moral of this movie is everybody's a piece of shit. Everyone shits. <laughs> more moral of the story is we all shit, we all die. So, what side of the line are you going to be on during the time? Is that what it is? Uh, I don't know. Like, I mean, is there? Part, is that's there... part of the thing. I don't understand Rami Malik's character. I don't fully understand his character arc. Like, I think he's supposed to be a, a police officer, a detective who's going too far down the rabbit hole. Maybe sort of a Will Graham in Manhunter Hannibal situation. <laughs> not really, though. Because he's, <laughs> he's playing the whole thing dark and brooding. Yeah. And, but then again, that's Rami Malik. That's what he does. That's how he played 
Mr. Robot. No. That's how he played uh, Freddie Mercury. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. just with teeth. Mm-hmm. There's added teeth in that one. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the point of his character is. Denzel's I mean, character is all about redemption. I mean... These movies are always about... but then. <laughs> I, I mean, really? <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe it's not. Maybe that's part of the problem. This movie doesn't have a clear... Yeah. What's this movie about besides... Agre- yes. Everyone sucks. I mean, I kind of wish, like I said, like if you were going to go some places, like, just go all the way and like yeah. do it. Yeah. I mean, pass or fail, at least do it, as opposed to this whole just fucking wish-washy thing that we got. Yeah, like the good guys are sort of bad, but they're so good. And the bad guy, yeah. Are they good? And was he bad? Was he was he bad? Though? I mean, or we were or were we just giving them was him he, movie or, villain judgment because of the way he looked creep. and the way he acted and everything else that they portrayed him to be <laughs> that the limited yeah. vision that we got. What if he was just on the spectrum, this guy? He has the same vocal cadence Once again, as his character yeah. in Blade Runner twenty forty nine. We got little to no no resolution. No resolution. He's like, maybe you come in for some tea. Why is he he speaking this way? I mean, it could be on the spectrum. Was he a mechanic? He was always wearing those... Was he a mechanic? I think he was a mechanic. Yeah. Right? He's an appliance mechanic. Appliance mechanic with affinity for... Uh, the strip crime. club, I yeah, like and, and crime. I like that time lapse. Oh yeah, and, and he was a crime lover yeah, of some crime sort, buff. a crime well, buff. Dude, a lot of people are these days. I mean, fucking true crime th- podcasts th- th- are ex- crazy. That's what I'm saying, like so regular popular. ass people are super into this dark, twisted true crime bullshit. Yeah, I feel like if they had bothered to update the time period, he would just be like he would a, just be a regular of, person. Yeah. yeah, my favorite murder. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm their biggest fan. Detective, <laughs> like, why are you so creepy about this man? We're just trying to have a conversation about this dead lady that you were spying on, or whatever. So, yeah, it's a man. Yeah. Essentially, it's the first big movie, the first big new movie of the year. I mean, Denzel has got a big cast. So it was supposed to be in theaters. I mean, Warner Brothers reportedly had to pay Denzel off between ten and twenty million dollars. Well, for I his mean, uh, good for Denzel, yeah, for it to go to streaming like that. Because he's like, I didn't sign for no, for no streaming movie. See, and see, once again, like, there's no idea, like, how much money this movie could have made in theaters. Like, mm, yeah, is Denzel a pole in a movie like this? Is Jared Leto the pole? Is is Rami Malek a pole? I mean, I yeah, have a, after being I, an Oscar winner, I have a feeling that after winning the Oscar and then. Bond not coming out when it was supposed to, like, oh yeah, Bond th- would have been out by now. This could have done some. Real damage. It could have made 60, <laughs> 70, 80 million dollars uh, on a on a maybe a twenty million dollar, forty million dollar budget. People m- might have wanted to see him. Yeah, sure, in so, the theater. Yeah, this could have made some dough in a theater. Dough that ain't gonna make now. E- even though it's not a very good movie. That's the thing. It has to make it. What a good marketing campaign. It would have made that money opening weekend. Yeah. It would have had a good enough marketing campaign for an opening weekend. A good one. Um, Oh, yeah, so was Denzel, did he put on weight for this role? Or was he wearing a fat suit, too? I don't think he was wearing a fat suit. My question is, did he put on weight for the role, or is he just, like, finally giving stopped up. giving a fuck? I mean, who knows? Maybe. Because he's only a few years off of uh, the Equalizers. Yeah. You know, where he was just sort of, for being his age, you know, relatively uh, fit-looking in shape. I mean, maybe he doesn't care. Maybe he's finally hitting his Steven Seagal years. Maybe. Steven Seagal directed video years. I mean... It- Maybe he's okay with that. I mean, it sounds like he's doing a lot more producing and things on the other side than in front of the camera these days. That's true. He's probably getting away from acting a little bit. 
Uh, I think Sidney Poitier acted pretty deep into his life while also directing and stuff. Yeah, but he, I could see him having a similar career. I was about to say, but, but did he have a son to help steal some of that Washington spotlight? Ah. Uh, <laughs> man, they, gotta make, they have to make a movie together. They Do gotta, they? The, yes, I want to see it. <laughs> I want to see Do they? it. Drew. I mean, maybe it's one of those things where like they just don't work well together. No, it'll be fun. It'll be great. What if they work great together? Yeah, but we. <laughs> I don't want it to be like some stupid family movie mm-hmm. or blah this blah that like if i want to like i i would love for you know another john david washington ac- action movie sure where like denzel's the bad guy he has to fight dad oh, instead of yeah. love dad that's fun you know I'm totally inside that's so, a great something idea. something fun as opposed to just all this father and son bullshit well they don't have to literally play father and son but i see what you're saying i see what you're saying no um, I wonder if did Kirk Douglas and Michael Douglas ever do a movie together? They must have. I don't know. I'd love to see Kurt Russell and Wyatt Russell do something. That could be fun. Uh, so the little things getting a pretty. It's all, it's meh. It's no right. I mean, I'd almost say just don't bother. Yeah, I won't even put it on the fine scale. It falls off the fine scale onto the next level, which is. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's just. You know what? I'm, no, I'm gonna say it. I mean, it's just bad. It's bad. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, I'm, as opposed to it's a bad movie. <laughs> wishy washing around it. Well, it, well, the movie's wishy washy. Kind of good. Or wishy washing around it, just like the movie did. Yeah, it's not. No, it, it's nope, bad. It's bad. It's bad. It's like the script proverb I, I just heard today. Uh, you're trying to trim the bushes. No, you're trying to trim the hedges, and I want to give you the whole bush. <laughs> okay. Yes. <Yeah. laughs> I heard that one today. Gotcha. Made sense to me when I heard it. Sure. At the time. WandaVision episode 4 came out this week. Uh, I watched most of it. Fell asleep. Uh, I, was, I was tired. Yeah, man, I was tired. And I was like, I'll go back and watch it I did, later. I, all I did yesterday was sleep. Nice. Oh, that feels good. That feels good. So, uh, it's a fun episode because it, it steps away from the motif of each episode. Because I was wondering, that huh. if they have a certain amount of episodes, is each episode going to be... This thing where we're doing a genre spoof of a decade of a show, and it, it totally just broke out of that, and it's uh, a regular episode of some sort of new thing, just giving no. us uh, much more context as to what is happening, mm-hmm. and uh, like Wanda and Vision are barely even in it. Cool, and it was, okay, okay, here we go. We're opening up the scope of what Wanda Vision is, and so that's episode four, almost halfway through now. Well, who knows? Maybe it'll be uh, super crazy at the end. Well, yeah, probably. It probably will be. We're getting there. We're getting to something weird. For sure. WandaVision, episode four, Disney Plus. Pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, I don't think that much this on last week's show. I don't think so. I think I watched this on Monday. Oh, no, I mentioned this to you off mic. <clears throat> uh, on Shudder, I watched a movie called VFW. Mm-hmm. And uh, this one's a pretty pretty easy recommendation for people, for certain people. It's very much in the vein of these, uh, I love John Carpenter movies, you know, that type of a genre. Mm-hmm. Now it's a genre unto yeah. itself. Yeah. And it is specifically like Assault on Precinct 13. It's like a siege type movie, like a green room type of thing. Uh it has a very strong aesthetic. I think maybe even shot on film. It's, Ooh. it's possible. Uh, it looks pretty good. It looks pretty grainy. It has a cool grain to it. The score is the best John Carpenter knockoff score. Like straight up. Yeah. The It's like those lost Carpenter lost themes. Mm-hmm. It's like lost themes. 
uh, even more lost teams. <laughs> it's crazy how how much it rips it off, and yeah. it's really cool. And the one thing is. Carpenter movies, like, I mean, the thing and stuff, they can get violent, but yeah. they're not, like, over-the-top violent. No. And this movie's, like, over-the-top Oh, violent. okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's really... <clears throat> they just run with it, as opposed to, like, yeah. having it being a small part of it. I mean, yeah, I mean, like I said, the thing is horribly violent for, you know, for its For, for its moments, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for the overall running time, it's just a few yeah. minutes of the overall running time. And Assault on Precinct 13, like, a girl gets shot, uh, like, a young girl gets shot in the beginning to kick the movie off, but for the most part, it is just, like... Uh, People getting shot with silencers and falling down. In this movie, one dude has to get his arm cut off, but he's all like hyped, hyped up on a drug called Hyper. Like, so they're literally hyped yeah. up. So he's like chopping his arm, chopping and chopping, just blood everywhere. It's like, oh, it's, uh, it's fun. A, it's absurd. <laughs> it's like um, a hobo with a shotgun level, like over the top okay. uh, video nasty violence. I mean, I, I can appreciate that for yeah, what it is. Yeah, it's a, that's its own thing, right? No. Which is separate from the John Carpenter thing. So this movie mixes whoosh, the two. pushes those no. two together. Um, my favorite part of it is the cast. Stephen Lang. Yes. William Sattler, uh, who most people know him as the bad guy from Die Hard 2. He's uh-huh. doing the naked tai chi. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, David Patrick Kelly, who's like a, like in the Warriors, like, come out and play. Yep. He, he's that guy. Um, Fred Williamson, who was a football player, I think, before becoming an actor. Um, who was uh, 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 this guy? Martin Cove from uh, uh, the Karate Kid movies, and now Cobra Kai. Yeah. And there's there are, there are more. I'm not. So it's a bunch of old guys. A bunch of old guys. <laughs> George Went plays the guy at the end of the bar. Nice. All right. Uh, he, he <laughs> seems, makes sense. He seems sort of with it. He's there. He's like, hey, you guys. <clears throat> He's in it. Um, and then I feel like there's one more. Stephen Lang is lead of all of it. And, and then there's like a younger guy that pops up to help them out. And then a young girl who's sort of like the reason all this shit's going down. It's a fun siege movie that's really violent and pretty cool. It's a cool 90 minutes. It's on Shudder. Easy recommend. Yeah. yeah, VFW. It's a fun one. It came out. It says it's a 2019 movie, but I feel like people were really starting to see it last year. Yeah. In 2020. So just catching up on that one. So there you go. That's my media diet. Cool. What do you get? I watched uh, the first four episodes of the new season of The Expanse. So oh yes, okay. You're starting to catch up. Now. No, I'm starting to catch up. I did not watch this newest week, so okay. I'm, so I'm now like on. I'm still on episode seven. Well, I yeah, think. but I'm, Wednesday the final episode comes out, so I still got time. Nice. Yes, fist pump, fist pump, fist pump. It's gonna be so awesome. Yeah, I'm gonna it's watch. Fun. I'm gonna watch yeah. the last two episodes back to back. Yeah. I enjoy it. Um, yeah, it's this episode. Uh, this season's been really, really fun. I mm-hmm. feel like it gets even better as it goes along. Yes, and I mean some parts yes, some parts no. Every well, season has that. Yeah, for for sure. There's always one storyline that I'm not totally with. There's always. always there's always one that they cut to. I'm like, okay. But the rest of it, let's I get I mean, this. I I did notice Thomas Jane directed one of the episodes. I did not notice that. Yeah. Oh, good for him. So good for Mr. Ha- Jane. He's still, he, he's still hanging around with the peeps. That's cool. He did his character. His Miller character pops up at the beginning of season five, right? Well, I think maybe only in flashback. Yeah, but I mean, still, he's yeah, pop up. <laughs> um, yeah, it's this expanses. Yeah, expanses is fun. And that's yeah, four four episodes. Yeah, four episodes. That's yeah, a solid, almost four hours there. Mm-hmm. That's some good stuff. Uh, also, I watched on Netflix. There's a series called Spycraft that came out. Okay, and it's just talking about you know spies and contraptions and things that have been done throughout history. Oh, that sounds like, you know, like that sounds like a lot real of fun, James actually. Bond type shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And is it uh well made? Is it entertaining? Or, I mean, yeah, it's, or is it just like yeah, you're more into the topic itself? Than well, the no, show. I mean it's uh it's it's on par with you know the 
good Netflix documentaries. They're only half hour episodes, so yeah. it's short and quick. It's nothing too long. Doesn't go too deep into stuff. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Just uh, some people talking about the cool shit that they've worked with over the mm-hmm. years. It does sound like fun. Mm-hmm. That that trade craft kind of shit is the uh, most exciting part, probably of like yeah. all that. I mean, that's the whole why spy genre. No, exa- I mean. Yes, James Bond is fun, and you know the the machine guns and the cars and this that the other. But Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy, like that's the shit that really happened. Yeah, that's <laughs> the shit, man. It's like, wait, who betrayed who? We left, we left who in the dirt? And what? Did what? <laughs> and, the, and this guy was above it all the whole time. And one guy playing everybody against everybody. Carla, <laughs> like, oh man, these guys get mad. So yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed uh, it. Spycraft. And do you know, uh, can you recall how many episodes? Uh, I think it was like six or seven. Oh, so pretty brief. Yeah. No. Uh, that's, mm-hmm. that, that's nice. Smart of them to just do it as like, yeah, this is a two and a half hour, three and a half hour series as opposed to like one documentary that no. less people are likely to click on because, oh, look how long this thing is, you know. Yeah. But if you only see this one episode 30 minutes, oh, I and, could. And if you like it, you can watch another one. And if you don't, on to the next. Or if you do like it, you're like, great. I'll pick it up again tomorrow when I have more time. You yeah. know, it's pretty pretty smart to do that kind of shit. I get, I get it. I see. It. That's what I say. That's what I'm saying, Drew. I see it now. Mm-hmm. I get it now. You seen it? I've seen it with my own eyes. I understand why they do the things that they do. Uh, all right, expand spycraft. Anything yeah. else? That's it. That's it. That's your media diet for the week. Very cool. It's a nice mix of weird stuff we got going on here yeah. between these things. All right, we're going to take a break, which is good because we have a lot of shit to do in the second half. We have an email. We have a comment in the Facebook group. We have uh, uh, a returning segment from 2020 making its 2021 debut. Holy shit, it's exciting. Chris reads stuff from a magazine. And then... (laughs) Shut up, shut up, shut up. (laughs) Shut up, Drew. And then, uh, of course, I have a ton of stories ranging from uh, things being delayed to Army Hammer updates. So, Fun. <laughs> what what a change from previous weeks. Uh, so we're going to take this break and we'll be right back with the second half of the show. I'll get information now. All right, write this down. You writing this down? Password. Here's the password. <laughs> the password is Z, uppercase X, V, W, 2, 9, underscore, 8, 6, Drew. But the, the 3 is the E, 4, 9. You're not writing this down. Capital G. I don't care. You memorize it? It doesn't matter. Capital it H. Is inconsequential to my G. life. Capital H. And we are back. How's it going? Welcome to episode 421 of Cinema Crash by So Nothing has changed in the last minute or two. Wait, has it? Except for our states of mind. Except for our tits and mind. States of mind. Oh, states, states of mind. States of mind. Tits of mind. What, what, what is, what is thought, a tit of mind? I thought you were talking about the tits of my mind. <laughs> we're grabbing our mind tits. <laughs> we're squeezing our mind tits to get those the brain juices out. 
Okay. That's the essence <laughs> of podcasting. Sure. Pushing your mind tits together to make a big brain cleavage so that the uh the uh the word the excretions <laughs> come out s- awesomely. <laughs> Yeah, really stretching that one, that, dude. That all tracked. Me. <laughs> that all made sense. Uh, welcome, new listeners of the show. If this is your first time listening, how's it going? Welcome. I'm glad you're sticking around. Uh, Drew Sikogburn is the co-host. You can find him on the internet in increasingly less ways. Yes, every day. <laughs> <laughs> every day that goes by. Every day that goes by. There's one. I'm I'm off the internet somewhere. Have you Have you deleted anything since we uh, last week? I'm since in- I announced that the show is on TikTok. Well, I haven't deleted anything, but everything has been wiped clean. Like, there's no information of any yeah. way, shape, or form. Yeah, you, you, you're you're the opposite of an influencer. You're a defluencer. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm. I guess what they call a stalker, an Instagram stalker, lurker, Face, lurker, lurker. You don't, a not lurker. a stalker. Not yeah. You don't want to be a stalker. Okay, <laughs> that's bad. <laughs> well, Stalker's I mean, bad. I mean, I figured it was bad anyway. No, lurker is lurker sounds just as bad. No, lurker is social media-ly acceptable. It just okay. means you don't comment on nothing. I don't, yeah. You don't I mean, comment on nothing, you don't I, do nothing, you just look at people's shit. Maybe once a week. Might, some might pop up somewhere like, maybe. oh, this guy exists. Yeah. To remind people I'm watching from under your bed. Well, no, I mean, I don't like her anything, but like maybe once a week will I even check the. Oh, what, that's what, that's yeah. what you do, you're lurking. Yeah. yeah, maybe once a week. Once a, one, you're a once a week lurker? Maybe. Uh, okay, that's good. No. Good for you, sir. The internet's a bad place. Internet's a bad place. I've been saying for a while now, people should delete their Facebooks, their Facebook accounts at the very least. And if they don't, that's fine, but they can join our group. And I put a comment question thread there that people can use to do comments and or questions. So I guess we'll go ahead. Since I mentioned it, first off, repeat, get off Facebook. It's terrible. (laughs) (laughs) It's a bad, bad place. Um, But if you're not going to do it, join our group and do this. Uh, Gabe got at us. What up, Gabe? WandaVision review episodes three and four. All right, let's hear it. I like one and two for general style, but they should have released all three episodes to begin with. I have paid attention to the trailers or promos, but based on breakdown videos, they're hitting you over the head with what's going on, and it's a bit underwhelming at this point. Episode four explains all the Easter eggs they drop one and two. It leaves off where I thought it should, but now I don't know what else there is to develop. There are two outstanding Easter eggs I know they'll get to, the neighbor and the children. Uh, that's interesting. I like the idea of them actually dropping all three ups instead of just the first two. That probably would have been helpful. Because that also would have been an hour and a half. Would have felt more like an event. Um, WandaVision given the unfortunate task of being the first Marvel thing uh, in the post-COVID world. Yeah. And it wasn't set up to be like that. Uh, we were supposed to already even yeah, so still continue to hit over the head monthly with something new. With something with something, yes. Yeah, so it was just supposed to be part of a chain and not a not a restarting of a whole thing. So uh, I can see why it's feeling underwhelming mm. in the grand scheme. But who knows? Maybe it's, all right. it's working out okay. Maybe once it's done as a whole, people will accept it more. Sure, I think so. I think the, as opposed to piece by piece. Once Doctor Strange shows up, but then I think shit's really gonna oh. be popping off. I mean, it is nine episodes, so it's quite a bit of hours. It's obviously longer, but Kevin Feige did say that there are more, like a hundred or so more VFX shots in Wandavision than there are in Avengers Endgame. Mm-hmm. That's a lot nice, of goddamn yeah. visual effects, yeah. and I don't feel like you've seen most of it yet. There we go. So. Okay, is that it for Gabe's? Yep. Well, thanks, Gabe, for the Facebook WandaVision review. Uh, we're also on Twitter, at Crespediso. 
that's really good for um, the the Twitter folk who are doing Crespo Hundo stuff. That works out pretty well. I feel like Twitter is actually the best place for uh, Crespo Hundo tracking because you can yeah. thread your tweets. Mm-hmm. So I just keep adding to my tweet, and then at the end of the year, just have one long hundred tweet long hundred and one tweet long thing. Uh, tracking it's fun it makes it a lot easier that way versus the other social media apps so we're on twitter at crespedisa email us cinema crespedisa at gmail.com for anything you want some stickers well, we'll send you stickers you want to you want to converse with me off the record we can do it that way uh, or you can send us an email to read on the show just like this Gabe got at us again what up Gabe <laughs> He's got a Raised by Wolves review. Okay, okay. I'm feeling it. This thing is sneaky good. Yes. I was a bit skeptical as I thought the symbolism was too obvious and themes would be a bit too on the nose, but the writing really mixes it up with the characters. This thing is all about flaws. It really holds a mirror up to the humanity and explores the shortcomings. Every episode, there's a short but important scene about a big idea that really sticks. Something about this made me want to keep watching. Not that this is the greatest series I've ever seen, but it made me want to finish, like reading a good book. I thought the kids in this acted really well, and they were convincing. Every character really gets an arc. Shout out to the writers. I ended up seeing a Collider interview with the creator, and this show seems like it is something to watch and watch out for in the upcoming seasons, because he planned five to six. And he knows where he wants to land the plane, so that is encouraging as a new subscriber, uniquely original story. Uh, yeah, I I agree. I think with all of that, mm-hmm. I, I, except for Campion, fuck that kid, mm, fucking father, <laughs> father. Why, why am I the only British person in, in the future in outer space? Because I am a British android. I'm a Brit- that is why I'm a British android. <laughs> I'm a British android, Campion. Campion, what is uh, the what <clears throat> what is Yellow and rights. A ballpoint a ballpoint banana, father. Ballpoint no, banana, father. Yes, yes, they could be Batman and Robin. <laughs> <laughs> In some sort of strange That's a that's an allusion to our Patreon.com slash Crespity So bonus episode on Batman the movie. Other than that, I agree with everything and I knew I knew it was gonna be good once I saw Travis Fimmel. I was like, Travis Fimmel plus Ridley Scott equals Fuck yes. The Vikings fella from uh, who is... He's got them crazy eyes, dude. He's Marcus. I don't don't know what he does, but the same thing that he's doing with Marcus is the same way he played Ragnar in Vikings. It's just... Have you ever watched an interview with him to see how he talks? Maybe maybe he's an insane person. He's Australian. Maybe he's a crazy (laughs) Australian person. He's like, oh, Australian Santa every year gives me a lump of Vegemite in my stocking. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe he's a crazy person, but he—he's. I, I like watching him on film. Yeah, he is uh, pretty pretty good. He's pretty good. He's enjoyable in that show, and it's a wild fucking show. Yeah. When it gets bonkers, when it gets to the end, and they're passing through the planet, and the, the, the <laughs> thing is like growing super fast. Like what the fuck? And then it flies away. And like it flies. <laughs> the fact that it flies is like the scary. Yeah. It's a scary. Well, I mean, show I mean, so does she. So, <sighs> mother, why did you? Why did you do this, mother? I felt like. Giving birth to a giant half android, half people, maybe flying death worm. Oh. <laughs> Can't wait for season two. It's gonna be crazy. Yeah, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be great stuff. I hope, and I hope really Scott does some episodes. And um, yeah, I, I just Luke hope he, Scott probably did too. I, re- I really hope he just stays involved. Like I hope he, you know other things does don't doesn't catch his mind. Yeah, like instead. the Alien show that they're developing yeah. over at FX, which I hope he does some episodes of that too. Oh, that'd, that'd be, be great. goddamn. Yeah. Uh, 
like really Scott going back that'd be crazy well no exactly but yeah I'd be I so mean, into it but because he, he did do like the first episode right or was it the first first two, two episodes yeah so yeah. he really he set the tone and then his son did the final one or final two I, I think Luke Scott yeah. yeah he definitely set the tone it definitely feels like a Ridley Scott show yeah. uh, which is awesome <laughs> and it's so crazy it's such a weird show it's bananas it's a bananas <clears throat> show that does end up it keeps going. You're yeah. like, what? No, exactly. And, and I, I can't even... The great thing about it is, it, I, like, after watching just the first season, yeah. like, I have no clue where the fuck this show is going. Yeah, the, like, there's a tropical side uh, of the planet. Like, like the, I kind of knew... atheists are showing up. Like, I, I kind of knew where it was going, and it got there, but not in the way I thought. Yeah, and then there's other things. Yeah. It has uh, its own... It, man, it's kind of like Expanse, with the monolith in the middle of the uh, season four of the Expanse. Yeah. The The... Thing that they had to blow their way into to hide from the, but then they got the, the slugs and the eye stuff. <laughs> that, that, was, that shit was crazy. Yeah, um, yeah. I guess what was good. And we have uh, again speaking on Patreon, two episodes where we did one episode about like the first half of this season, and then uh, we came back at the end of the season and and caught up on that one. And we also did the same thing for Lovecraft Country. And then we put out that extra Lovecraft Country episode because we missed Ron's email. Yeah. Sorry about that, Ron. And uh, we're going to do something similar for The Expanse pretty soon where we're going to do one episode, just all thoughts on The Expanse. So pretty much seasons one through five, which means I have to Wikipedia seasons one and two. Like, what happened again? And then then we'll do one more Expanse episode whenever they do... Season six. We'll see if we're even around it. Who knows? Yeah. We may be burned off the face of the planet by him. Oh, he's also got a little it's, things review. It, it, it's it's folly to try to plan so far into the future. It's insane. But people are doing it. But people are doing it anyway. I don't know why. We only have three months worth of food uh, on the planet ready to go. People p- trying to plan for next year. We got three months worth of food. <laughs> Crazy. Anyway. Uh, little things review. Yeah. It's a strange movie. Where it goes, where it ends. Kind of an anti-hero movie. It gives me... It it gives me a prisoners. It gives me a prisoners slash zodiac vibe. Gotcha. But nowhere nowhere near as good. Mm-hmm. At a bare minimum, this is a move that I don't know what I'm supposed to do with it. <laughs> yeah. there, are, there are way better movies with not so redeemable cops like Training Day, mm-hmm. Sicario. Mm-hmm. Not great. It's so funny. It doesn't know what to do with it. That's what we're saying. It's like, what is this? What's the theme? Why do we care about th- any of it? I don't. Right. Why do we care about Denzel's character? What's up with Remy Malik's character? Why, oh, the, the, why do we keep cutting to his wife? Why the, does that matter? The only thing that I know for sure now is that Jared Leto plays good villains. He does play good villains. Like that, that, that's the only thing I know for sure after play, watching this movie. He does play good villain. Maybe think a little bit about Morbius, how he's going to have to play that as a weirdo. Yeah, he's I a, mean... He's a Bolivian vampire. Yeah, because after seeing him as Joker, I was like... <laughs> we're going to get another shot at that, though. <laughs> I know, soon enough. We're going we're gonna to get another shot at that one with uh, the old Snyder Cut, which we'll talk about. In a little bit when all we right. do when we do the news. First I want to plug patreon.com slash So Again, people go there where uh, we started twelve months of Batman this week with Batman the movie from nineteen sixty six. Every month we're gonna do one episode talking about a Batman movie or uh the animated series. Mm-hmm. At least once. No, at least. And I think the rest are movies. We've determined that, right? Mm-hmm. And other things are there as well. Check it out patreon.com slash And then also mention on the TikTok. 
book. Check that out, guys. It's nonsense, but people love nonsense. So, and then it will get some millions of views, and it, it won't matter. It won't, it won't push the needle in any way whatsoever. Nope. But it's fine. Who cares? <laughs> I understand why it's a. Uh, all the filters are crazy on there. I understand why people do it. Why they create it. Understand why they. What is it? I understand why they. Uh, why they just flip through, flip, flip, flip through yeah. videos. It's so. Yeah. The people who designed it, this Chinese company that put it together, they knew mm-hmm. what they were doing. Yeah. It's goddamn disgusting. Uh, good for them, though. It's a toy for adults. And for uh, uh, teens, apparently. Teens in, in underwear. <laughs> Seems to be a prevailing theme yeah. of. From what I hear, yeah. TikTok. Um, okay, so I teased it earlier. Time for a returning segment from 2020. It's 2021 debut. Holy shit, Drew Chicago. We're in time for Chris Crespo. Here we go. Read stuff. <laughs> Chris reads Entertainment Weekly magazine, so you don't have to. That's why we got Daniel Kaluuya. Uh, on this month's cover, the alt cover being the Keith Stanfield. Both wearing turtlenecks. Both wearing turtlenecks and jackets. And it's for Judas and Black Messiah. Looking forward to that very much. Yeah, it comes out what here in a couple weeks? Uh, June, February 14th, something like that? Yeah, a couple weeks. Alright, so here we go. Here are the three things I'm going to read. What did I already read? So you don't have to read. Although, that's actually pretty decent. Uh, some pretty decent features that are actually worth checking out. All this stuff's online, too. Actually, all this stuff's been online for, like, weeks. <laughs> but then it just got in the mail. So, uh, this is based on um, the, the cover story. Okay. And uh, Kaluuya, working as a uh, playing Fred Hampton in the Judas and Black Messiah, says, Kaluuya's performance as Fred uh, was much bigger, bigger than he could grasp at times. Usually when I do a job, I can remember what take they use. Okay, check this out. But when I saw myself in the trailer doing the I am a revolutionary speech, I didn't remember shooting that. I kind of went to another place. I'm saying Chairman Fred's actual words. Everyone's dressed as the time. The pandas were there. The spirit of the time entered the room. There were certain moments where I'd lose my voice. And then there'd be a take where I'd find it again. I don't know where that second one came from. It was very much an out-of-body experience. Danny Kaluuya. On, uh, Acting! Isn't it amazing? <laughs> Acting! It's amazing. I think it's amazing. Um, I'm looking forward to this movie. Yeah, no. It's going to be really it's good. good. I it, hope so. It's this guy, this dude, um, this dude right here. His name is Shaka King. And it's his first movie. But he's already been doing uh, comedy. Mm-hmm. Sort of, uh, it's described here as oddball. I imagine sort of absurdist. Kind of, I don't know, like Tyler the Creator, maybe Atlanta okay. sort of type stuff. Um, but it's his first movie, and based on the trailer, it makes me feel like he's going for a Goodfellas, Martin Scorsese type of thing, like in a, in a good, you know, in a good way, in a positive way. But anyway, I'm looking forward to it. Well, it's going to be good. HBO pretty soon. Um, all right, here we go. Here's story number two, that whole story thing number two. Speaking of John David Washington, mm-hmm. that was this episode, right? He did a lockdown movie. Yep. With Zendaya, mm-hmm. I saw. I don't know where I saw a trailer for it. Maybe on somewhere though. On your phone somehow, or maybe on a again. service. It's going to be a Netflix movie. Okay, maybe. You know what? I think maybe just on Netflix. Yeah, because I I go through like the what's coming up section yes. from time to time. There you it's go. Probably there. Uh, Malcolm and Marie coming out on Netflix uh, February fifth. 
they shot it during the lockdown. Here we go. I pulled a couple things real quick. First off, it's from the creator of Euphoria. Oh, okay. And it's uh, black and white. It's black and white. So that's what got me interested. And it started out of um, he was with Zendaya. Yes, Sam Levinson was with Zendaya uh, breaking season two for Euphoria and come up with all these ideas. And then HBO hits him up like, hey, we got to put a pause and everything because this COVID shit. And he was like, well, is there anything that can we make a movie together during lockdown? Because, you know, we're we're working right now and it's feeling good. The creative juices are flowing. We don't want to just stop it. HBO did not obviously foot the bill because it's a Netflix movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, but they did come up with Malcolm and Marie. And it's about a, about a couple living together. So what they did was... Uh, they lodged up together. Here we go. Well, first of all, yeah, we're, the, 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 yeah, that part. The rules for the actors were as straightforward as they were strict. We got tested before we left for Carmel, Carmel, California. We got tested when we got there, says John David Washington. For 12 days in June, nobody left the Carmel Valley estate, the lodging. I thought if nobody leaves, we should be pretty good because we're basically the only people there. There was a skeleton crew. People had to do their own hair and their own makeup and shit. There are no ADs. There are no script supervisors. It was pretty much like a, almost like making an indie film. Yeah. Like a college film. Which sounds like a liberating. Oh, and then this is also funny. Um, <clears throat> there was one other complication. Quote, we didn't really have a third act. Sendai dead pants. We were figuring it out as we went. Watching Sam type away, I've never experienced anything like that as far as being so inside the process. Literally rewriting scenes in the middle of shooting. So let's see if this thing's any good. Give me a piece of shit. Um, Netflix bought it for $30 million in September. So apparently someone has faith in it. $30 million worth. And uh, man, so they sold it for $30 million just three months after shooting it. That's got to be some sort of crazy record. Well, I mean, that is... <clears throat> I mean, two of the biggest stars right now. <laughs> so, yeah, Zendaya is very popular. Probably gonna get the only, only more popular. Mm-hmm. Popular, remember that one? And I've got my own car, Chris. Popular. There we go. <laughs> All right, this one's always a uh, easy, easy pick for number three. The what to watch section. They give you a quick one page of things to watch for the month. I found this interesting. Didn't know what was happening. Superman and Lois debuting on CW. Part of Greg Berlanti's Arrowverse DC. His oh, TV Kingdom okay. of DC shows. So when they did, I think it was for... So this isn't Lois and Clark, the new adventures of Superman. No. <laughs> no, it is not. But it could be because it is, again, as the title suggests, it's about the coupling. Yeah. Okay. Couple interesting things I found about this. First off, the Superman is this Tyler Hoechlin fellow who uh, played Superman in the uh, in the Arrowverse already. Yeah. I, I think it was Supergirl that he debuted in. I've seen his face. Mm-hmm. And um, here it is: the Clark Kent juggles the responsibilities of defending Earth and raising two teenage sons. Wait, what? <laughs> Superman <laughs> and so, Lois Lane. So and and she didn't die. She didn't die. They have two boys. They're gonna. They're, are they gonna be super powered? Fucking puberty. Are, are we gonna on. have Superman puberty? Yes. They're super. Oh, so super lame. We're, we're getting super pubes. Daddy, I don't know how to cut my pubes. The razors keep. You have to use your lasers, your eye lasers, <laughs> son. I have eye lasers. They'll come in eventually. <laughs> 
Or maybe not. I don't know how this works. <laughs> yeah, you're half human. You're half cast. I don't know how you work. Yeah, no, exactly. yeah, I mean, technically, I'm an alien, and she's a human, so... So, right, really, that shouldn't have worked to begin with. At all. But, uh, apparently it did, so... Apparently it fucking <clears throat> did, which is crazy. I mean, in all reality, I should have shattered your mother's pelvis the second I entered her, but... Yes. <laughs> Meanwhile, my seed, you should have destroyed her from the inside, <laughs> but you didn't. Oh. You didn't just flat her lower back. Um, so that's uh, the end of February. Maybe they'll explain that during the opening credits. <laughs> <laughs> How that all works. Um, Alright, so that's uh, the end of February, and then anything else on here worth noting for Apple TV users, the Snoopy Show starts February 5th. Um, for our older listeners, the Equalizer Show with Queen Latifah starts on CBS on the 7th. That's about it. Oh, and then Claire Reese also starts on CBS. The fact that those shows are on CBS makes it be like, nah. Yeah, no, exactly. Nah. <laughs> they, they ain't for us. Those shows ain't for us. So that's it. Golden Globes at the end of the month. And that's it for Chris Reed's EW Magazine, so you don't have to. You're welcome, ladies and gentlemen. That segment brought to you by Rolling Stone Magazine. (laughs) 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 Okay. Let's tell some stories here. Got a lot of stuff. Um, Episode 421 News. Up story one. Queuing now. George clearly learned from his Batman and Robin experience after the film was a big bomb. You want to hear what he learned? What? Here we go. What do you think he learned after making Batman and Robin? That sometimes make bad movies. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> he says, you learn from your failures. You don't learn from successes. So when I thought I have to focus really on the script, it's not about my part. It's about the whole movie. So the next three films I did were Out of Sight, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? And Three Kings which were all really great screenplays. They didn't do very well financially, but they were all critically well-received. Yes. so I mean, those were three good movies. Yeah, those were three good movies. As opposed to the piece of shit you worked on before. Batman and Robin. (laughs) You're talking about being on movies that have good screenplays. Batman and Robin probably didn't have a screenplay. I don't think it did. They probably had, like, outlines and, like, parts of screenplays. I don't know. It just blows my mind when it comes... Like, failing on a comic book movie Mm. is almost, like... How can you do you? You have so much success, mm-hmm. literally in storyboard form, it's been given right to you. in front of it's you. Here. All you have to do is use it. You just have to pick the right ones. And they're like, no, 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 we'll do our own thing. Joel Schumacher <laughs> was like, I know what I'm doing. I pick my own. I fuck your comic book artist, and then I do the thing that I want to do. Nipples on the bat suit. Nipples. Put the, the, <laughs> they are Greek gods with the nipples. Put the nipples on there. And now focus on the crotch, crotch, crotch. <laughs> That's him to the editor. Crotch cut, nipple <laughs> cut. What are you doing after work? Are you <laughs> nothing, Mister Schumacher? Well, you should come on back. Joel Schumacher, uh, rest in peace, rest in power. Uh, very openly, like, um, like, oh yeah, I fuck that guy, I fuck that guy. Good and, for him. And then he'd be like, oh, that dude, he doesn't want no one know, but I fucked him. <laughs> He's in the closet. I fucked him. Be like, Joel, you crazy man. Um. Yeah, they didn't have, have no goddamn screenplay when they made that thing. <laughs> Batman and Robin. Uh, he got called into whoever the head was of Warner Brothers at that time. He got called into that dude's office. This is when he was on ER. Mm. He was probably just named sexiest person, sexiest hey, man ba- on people. Hey, you want to be Batman? No, not hey, <laughs> you want to be. Or hey, you are. <laughs> you are Batman. Show up at this date. at this. Yes, sir. <laughs> what are you going to say, no? Mm. And then he's bad. Hey, freeze on Batman. 
Like, oh, no, you're not. Schwarzenegger, on the other hand. <laughs> now, that's some acting. That was some acting. What killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age. And it shit sprays everyone down. Like, there's no dinosaurs here. Why are you talking about dinosaurs? Here? I mean, Tommy Lee Jones didn't even know what he was doing. Tommy Lee Jones, so he apparently shows up to set... And they show him the, uh, like, we need you on set at 6 a.m. to put on this three hours worth of prosthetics. He's like, oh, no, I ain't doing that. Like, you better f- figure something else out. So they had to whip up a thing that could come on in, like, less than an hour or something. So the makeup he has is uh, yeah. not what they wanted. It still looks okay. I mean, if it's the aesthetic of that not good movie. No. But then you think that movie's not good. Then you watch Batman and Robin. Yeah. Although maybe maybe a 2021 reappraisal will give us no, the I don't think. <laughs> I don't think it will. I have a feeling it's one of those Street Fighter type movies where it's just like no matter when you go back to it, it's just like wow, this movie is just bad. Yeah, yeah, like wow, everything everything's <laughs> wrong about this, except for Raúl Julia. He's fantastic. So, according to Wall Street Journal, a source hit him up and told him that Paramount is sitting on Top Gun Maverick as a July theatrical release. They're not going to put it on Paramount Plus uh, and they're not going to push it to the end of the year. I think now what sort of Christopher Nolan wanted last summer being like the savior of the box office obviously never happened. I think that's what Tom Cruise wants. Tom Cruise wants to be like we want to be the first movie out of the gate to get people to like come out like you're vaccinated theaters are safe just wear if you just wear a mask most people are vaccinated. This is fine. We can go to movies again. Uh, I think he wants to be the first one out. He wants to be a savior of the goddamn industry. Well, I mean, that all depends on what Regal says, because I am at their... <laughs> we go to Regal. I'm at their mercy. We we Regal dogs, dog. We do what Regal says, man. We love that Regal app. Give me that Regal app, baby. Uh, this movie costs over $150 million. I'm sure. So they want it. They want it to make money. They want to come out in theaters. Yeah. So we'll see. Maybe we'll be seeing. I mean, Regal. Yeah, they had announced when they shut down last October, um, aiming for April. They did that right after James Bond moved from November to April. James Bond has since moved to the fall, but still, that's a, that, they were following James Bond's lead. We'll see what other movies get moved around. Um, talking about streaming services, Peacock making big, big moves here. You hear about this? Peacock for NBC Universal signed a gigantic deal. Uh, I forgot what the number is. Hundreds of millions of dollars to have be the exclusive, exclusive streaming home of WWE content. Okay. The WWE app will be sunsetted here in America mm-hmm. in March. Mm-hmm. Um, then everything will go to Peacock, Peacock no. including their pay-per-views yeah. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then their huge backlog. Uh, some I saw the number of something ridiculous, like 17,000 hours worth yeah. of WWE slash F, WCW, ECW, all, all that stuff. Um, Whatever Vince McMahon owns. Also, all the documentaries that they've produced. They have tons of original shows yeah. they've made. Uh, I always thought that they're... I only use it a little bit. Since I've had access to it, but I've always thought that the app and what they built with it has what they built with it has been impressive. Yeah. I thought they did a really good job. Good enough, I think that NBC was like, "We'll buy you outright, pretty much. Or we'll rent you for the yep. next few years." Exactly. Yeah. Uh, outside of America, the app will still exist yeah. for non-US mm-hmm. markets. Uh, Got to think about that for our non-US listeners. Shoutouts to um, our listeners in Bangladesh. I wonder if they're going. I wonder if they're part of the farmers' strike over there in India. 
Guys, how's the strike going? Let us know. <laughs> CinemaCrestBase.gmail.com. Let us know what we, how we can help you with the strike. I don't think we can influence uh, Indian politics. Hey, we're getting more and more popular over here. So <laughs> don't, don't, say, don't say never again. Our first international tour may be to uh, Mumbai or some shit. <laughs> Bangalore? <laughs> Bangalore looks nice. Just don't drink the water. No, no, no. Bring my own water. The, or those tablets. You drop the tablets in there, right? Dimes. Are they used in the, like the army? Gotta make sure we get our shots. We get our shots. We get our tablets. <laughs> I mean, we're good to go. This is way post-COVID, right? Because I'm sure it's going to take them even longer. Oh, man, Because yeah. our shit, I mean, yeah, if, I, if America's a shit show, I can only imagine. I booked a trip for March. You think that's too <laughs> soon? I should re- rebook? I'll rebook. I'll rebook. So, uh, HBO Max announced that their activations have doubled. So, their play to move all these movies to... Worked. Is working. Yeah. Yeah. So, their activations doubled to 17 million. They now have uh, 41.5 total subscribers. I mean... That's 41.5 million. That's from the people who already subscribed to HBO and the new people. Well, I mean, listen, if you... If these people crunch the numbers, like, for a family of however many, how much is it going to cost you to go see that movie yeah. with your entire family? Yeah, if you well, have a family. Mm-hmm. Now, you, so you factor that time, times however many movies of theirs you wanted to watch, mm-hmm. you know, plus have access to all this other stuff. I mean, it's a no-brainer. All the other stuff, too. It's a no-brainer. Um, put into a little bit of perspective, so that means we're looking at, um, again, about 42 million HBO Max subscribers compared to... Disney Plus, seventy four million. So forty two million times how much a month? It's a uh, it's one of the most expensive ones at fourteen ninety nine a month. So take your forty two million, multiply by that. That's how much money they make every month. There you go. Uh, Disney Plus, seventy four million users. Netflix, uh, which is also now they raise their prices again. They're about the same cost as HBO. Two hundred million paid subscribers. Okay, so at thirteen ninety nine a month. Although so, not all of them pay that because there are lower tiers, and there's also even like higher tiers to pay for. Is there um, a, for is, like HD content? Is there a tier system on Disney? No. Okay, so what, what's that price? Six seven ninety nine a month. Seven ninety nine. I want to say six and or seven ninety nine. And how many millions of people? Seventy four million. I mean, they only make $591 million a month. That's it? Only. Oh. I feel like... Uh, <laughs> only only half a billion dollars a month. I feel like that's... From, uh, from the streaming I don't service. know if that's going to sustain them through, <laughs> through the near future. Um, Zack Snyder, Justice League, release date. Here we go. Speaking of HBO streaming and the reason why people are even activating those activations of activism... I'm waiting for this thing to load. It's not. It's taking mm-hmm. forever. Uh, March. March, March, March 18th. Yes, yes, yes. I saw. And uh, he put out a couple of promo images. Uh, and, I mean, I... I it's, it's much sooner than I thought. I thought it was going to be like July. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad they're ripping off the right stuff, so... Oh, yeah. Sure, you know. Snyder has decent taste for ripping things off. Yeah. So, that's happening. We'll see if it's any better or worse or whatever. And then Josh... 
Joss Sweden's Justice League. I mean, it has to. It can't. Isn't it just better by default? I mean, we're gonna find out. I'm. I'm gonna because have it, to because, watch it because I haven't seen it since it was in theaters, and well, I barely remember it. I mean, because at least this is a singular vision. That's true. You know, the movie. As opposed to Joss Sweden showing up and trying to rearrange things to fit what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I need to rewatch it because he says anyway. He said none of his stuff ended up in the movie. Um, have you ever seen of uh, not seen Red Invincible, Robert Kirkman's Invincible? Oh, I've heard of it. I have not read it. Okay, well, it's getting a TV series, okay, uh, an animated show premiering March twenty sixth. Images Invincible, a seventeen year old Mark Grayson, voiced by Stephen Yoon. Cool. Hmm. It's just like every other guy his age, except that his father is the most powerful superhero on the planet, Omni Man, voiced by. And I am serious, J.K. Simmons. Fuck yeah. Not, not a joke. That's awesome. J.K. Simmons. He's got a great voice. As Mark develops powers of his own, he discovers that his father's legacy may not be as heroic as it seems. I mean, duh. Uh, including, uh, included in the voice cast, Sandra O, oh, Seth Rogen, Gillian Jacobs, Zassi Beats, Mark Hamill, Walter Goggins, Jason Manzoukas, and other people. I'll watch it. Uh, interesting that Seth Rogen is in his voice cast because a couple years ago it was announced that he was working on a movie version. Mm. Well, I guess it turned into a TV series. Yeah, I wonder if it's the same thing or it morphed or what's going on there. And, well, let's see here. Is this an update? <clears throat> announced back in 2017, Rogen and Goldberg attached as writers... According to Robert Kirkman, movie's still in development and will be separate from the animated show. Oh, there you go. Speaking with... Uh, ooh, I miss this bit in there somewhere. Speaking with Entertainment Weekly. Someone else read Entertainment Weekly, I see. That is still very much in development. That hasn't changed. We're just taking a long time. And it says that uh, Rogan and Goldberg are still attached. For the time being, it's just taking a hiatus. We've been fortunate enough to have a two-track plan. Right now, we've got the animated series, which is on the cusp of launching, and we're still developing a film series with Universal, with Rogan and Goldberg. Um, but there's been... Oh, yeah, I see what you're saying. Let's talk about how there's been Spider-Man animated series and movies at the same time, so... Nothing different there. That all makes sense. That yeah. tracks. That tracks. Well, I mean, we're gonna have multiple Batman, so right. That multiple Batman. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a fun, exciting time to be a, a, a comic book lover and a movie fan and and all these things together. I guess. What are we working for? Uh, industry here. What's going on? Are we shills? Did I, did I just cut a promo? Man, probably. They call me Promo Man. Without you even knowing. Netflix buys. The Lord Miller animated sci-fi movie Connected. They retitled it The Mitchells vs. The Machines. I want to see if they produced it. I think they just produced it. Um, but still, it's a Lord Miller joint in a way. Mm-hmm. Mitchells vs. The Machines is an original animated comedy about an everyday family struggle to relate while technology rises up around the world. Okay, so technology is rising up. So yeah, so like it's, uh, I mean, it's comedic Terminator. Comedy Terminator. The dad is voiced by Danny McBride. What else do you need? Okay, goddamn it, I'm gonna have to watch it. It's gonna be on Netflix, so it's gonna be easy to watch it too. Yeah. It'll be easy to watch it. So uh, we're Lord Miller fans around these parts, yes sir. And I just I want mean, to put that out there, let people know it's worth checking out. Probably without even knowing 
who they were. I was like, man, I like that movie. I like that. Wait a minute. This yeah. guy did all these fucking, these guys did all these movies? Yeah. Fuck. These sons of bitches. <laughs> Their first movie, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. It just Amazing. Said a, it just said a film by everyone. I was like, well, this is going to make it hard to track who I'm supposed to worship at the altar of for the yeah. next few years. <laughs> because that, yeah, that movie was fucking awesome. It, it still fantastic. is. It's fantastic. It was such a good movie. I really enjoyed one of the best pilots, one of the best network TV pilots I've seen was uh, Last Man on Earth. Uh, that, yeah, was, that, that was that was really Miller, good. Yeah, and the beginning of that show was really good. But you know what? Uh, they kept adding characters. Like, what? The, 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 what's the point of that? Yeah, but halfway through the second season, they had a cast of like eight characters. I'm like what now, the I'm, fuck. Now I'm just watching the show. Yeah, <laughs> it was supposed to be just like yeah. one, maybe two people. Yeah, before I was watching something like, oh, this is some cool experimental TV. Like uh, one character, yeah. I've known. This is a wild shit, man. Well, and even like, I, I wouldn't have been as pissed off as. If like we would have maybe like met those eight characters sequentially, like never more than like maybe two people at yes. once. Yes, no, they all was in the same cul-de-sac. They were fucking each other and then getting jealous with each other. I was like, no, nah, I'm just watching a show. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. This was cool before, um, but it's fine. You know, what are you gonna do? You can't win them all. Uh, all right, so where are we on? We're on story six. How many do I have total? Sixteen. Oh my god. Go. Oh, go. Oh, go. We have no, we have time. We're good. Fuck. That's scary. Our first half was pretty short there, so that works out. Mm -hmm. Every they're not exactly forty-five minute halves every week, Drew Chicago. But I've noticed that no matter what, we're pretty good at doing ninety-minute episodes these days. Remember when we used to do like two and a half hour episodes? Oh fuck that! Why were why were? I guess we had long-winded. We had less to do. We thought we were cool. Well, I mean, we thought we were pretty cool, guys. You know. And people like the longer stuff too sometimes because uh, it like it lasts longer. If you say so. I've heard people say that. I have. Okay. I swear to God. I've experienced it myself, actually. When when a podcast drops an episode that's longer than normal, I'm like, what's going on here? Oh, boy. Extra 30 minutes of tent this week, laddies. Um, not us, though. We're, we're sticking to 90 minutes. I got a sketch. I'm on a sketch today. So we have a story number six, No Time to Die, uh, which, you know, we... We talked about the rumors, and then it happened, how it got delayed. Yep. This might be a reason for it to be delayed, an additional reason, not just vaccinations and COVID and all that, but here we go. This is interesting speculations. Um, so there's been a two-year gap now since we got pushed to this November, a two-year gap between when it was supposed to originally come out in yep. 2019 versus when it does in 2021. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Bond, known for, we've already mentioned it, in the Spycraft segment mm-hmm. of your review, mm-hmm. how it's all about gadgets. Mm-hmm. And he's on the cutting edge of gadgetry. Mm, probably not anymore. Those gadgets are two years old. <laughs> we need new gadgets, my man. Uh, so they have to like reshoot some stuff. They have to find ways to reshoot little things to update his, like, all his, his phones mm-hmm. And his watches, maybe like whatever the sponsors paid for, it, they have to be like, nope. Well, here's the new model that we're that, we're that we selling this year. Yeah, because yeah, it's no, all you're right. Yep. So that was this is a, a report from the Sun. Oh, so they're throwing that out there. Um, there's a whole quote here, but it's essentially just what we're talking about. How the, the gadgets got to be brought up to date, buddy. That's pretty. That's hilarious. <laughs> that sucks. <Yeah. laughs> it's like, damn it, we gotta put, we gotta spend all this money, get all this shit together, get all these people together to reshoot all this shit during COVID. It's gonna cost us like a million dollars just for the tests and the PPE yeah. and all that stuff. Holy cow! Just to shoot an insert of a guy holding a phone. The end of crack probably won't have to do that stuff. It's just like close up of his hands. Um, Kevin Hart just got cast to be the lead 
in a video game adaptation. Okay. A fairly recent video game. I say within maybe the last 10, 15 years. Pretty popular. It's a short series. You may have played a little bit of it. I'm not sure. You want to take a guess? Or it might be nope. Borderlands. Oh, okay. Borderlands lead. Gotcha. Which I think is a masked character of some sort. I have maybe? no idea. Sure. I, I've tried I playing it and I just... It wasn't didn't for get, me. Didn't get into it? No, it wasn't for me. They've been developing a movie for a minute, mm. and he got cast as a lead. I mean, that's fine. It, it was kind of like a Fallout parody type thing. Yes. So Yeah, which makes sense. So there's humor in the game. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, 100%. Like, almost slapstick. Apparently, the character that he, that has he is cast for, not not the slapsticky guy, but it's Kevin Hart. Mm, so, so Maybe he's going to be a quipster now no, or some sort. Or we'll see. Interesting casting, I think. I'm looking forward to uh, video game movies in the next few years yeah. because I think we're now... What's going to happen? We're starting to see it in a, in a bit of a way between yeah. Assassin's Creed, Justin Kurzel, the, the, the Tomb Raider movie, yeah. well, with, I mean, with Alicia it's... Vikander. It's like they're, they're, we're almost getting to a point where these movies can work. The thing is, they just have to... They have to get... The problem with video game movies is they're trying to just do a movie version of whatever the hot version of the video game is. Yeah. That's not what, you're, that's not what you do. You take the universe mm-hmm. that the people have created and you insert your decently written story yeah. into it. And that, yeah, you just you use the, 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 the universe. set dressing Yeah, that's of all it. you do. Um, for whatever reason, they can't do the movies, but they've been able to crack um, Halo commercials for years. Yeah. They were making great Halo commercials. Yeah. That were telling their own like little tiny mini yeah. stories. Um, it's, it's crazy. Man, we almost got a Neo Blomkamp $150 million Halo movie. That would have looked like District 9, like all handheld. It would have been bonkers. Oh, my God. People would still be talking about yeah. it. There'll be a whole Halo series of movies. Dude, People I will be disappointed like, I, for years. I felt like I actually fell out of the drop ship. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, it looks so good. That little that commercial did look so, so good. So, Patrick Stewart, mm-hmm. Kevin Feige, mm-hmm. they sat down. Mm-hmm. They talked about uh, Professor X. Mm-hmm. Patrick Stewart playing Professor X in the MCU in the future mm-hmm. for because we're trying to figure out how is X-Men Multi- going to come back. Multiverse, it doesn't matter. We can do whatever we want, Patrick Stewart. Don't you want to come back? So, Patrick, don't you feel like it? Patrick Stewart's answer was no. Okay. I don't want to come back. That's fine. There's a very, very specific reason for not wanting to come back. Want to take a quick guess what that is? I mean, in all reality, they kind of... They did snip the whole X-Men thing already. Like, they already took care of it. So... What do you mean? With the... Uh, what, what happened to Patrick Stewart? Oh, what do you so, mean? Like, uh... Well, it, there's already an accepted timeline for Patrick Stewart. He's, yeah. Technically, his Magneto's dead. Yeah. So, or not uh, Professor X. Yeah. Well, yeah. Pro- yeah, yeah. His Professor it, X is dead. In Logan. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the exact reason why... Yeah. Logan is the exact reason why he's fine with saying no. Mm-hmm. He says here, I met with Faggy. We had long conversations. There have been moves, suggestions. Here's the problem. If we had not made Logan, then yes, I'll probably be ready to get into that wheelchair one more time and beat Charles Xavier. But Logan changed all that. And I don't mm. think it just means because the, because the character dies at that movie. Mm. I think it's because it's like, what a definitive way to end this long run. What a great Logan, way. It, it, like, what a capstone. Yeah. yeah. yeah like, <laughs> Duh. Like, this is uh, I mean, going yeah. out on top sort of shit. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Which is why we'll probably never see Hugh Jackman as Wolverine again. 
that, that one slightly more likely to just because he is younger. Yeah. I could see enough time passing for him that he gets wistful for it because it's such a huge part of his mm-hmm, life, sure. right? Um, but Patrick Stewart being older, I think he has more perspective. Like, oh yeah, that was a great yeah. way to, it like, was. to step off that uh, yeah. step off that stage in such a memorable. A beautiful way like yeah. and because that's what was surprising about it it said it's like a emotional well thought out very and adult version of these characters very scary that, i mean dude, at times scary yeah when he starts having his dementia i was stuff, about like, to oh, say this is not good when, when, the, when the world's most powerful telepath has fucking brain cancer oh yeah, yeah that's, that's bad <laughs> yeah the real real world thinking through of a lot of that yeah. stuff um really powered that movie through and it's a great way to go out. So, yeah, he he's done. That's fine. He's got to find another Charles Xavier. We'll That's find fine. another. I have James McAvoy's right. <laughs> I mean, he's in the wings. I, I'll shave my head again, Kevin. I'll do. It. I'll do it. I mean, yes and no. I mean, he he served his purpose for the young Xavier. I never really bought him as the bald Xavier, though. Yes. Well, I mean, I don't know why. How old is he now? He is older than us, right? Is he older yeah. than us? Mm-hmm. Pretty soon he'll be aging into. You can age into yeah. a more believable, older, shaved head Xavier. Perhaps. Um, I shaved my head for the for the cerebro, the connections. Not for comic book reasons, no. <laughs> <laughs> Not whatsoever. Not, not whatsoever, no. Um, <clears throat> oh, brand new theme park. Had its plans stopped in the UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not because of COVID. Okay. All right. First off. This is the part of our international news section I forgot to bring up. International news. Um, in the UK, they were building, and but this may be stopped now. The London Resort is being built in Kent. Okay. And this is according to the Mirror. Uh, this park, which was being made in conjunction with uh, Paramount, so they're going to have like a lot of Paramount licensed rides and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Uh, they, oh, and BBC. So it's Paramount and BBC. Okay. was going to be the focus of it. Apparently, on the site that they chose, they did they did the old Florida Walt Disney Florida project. They found a bunch of swampland and forest land. They're like, "Well, build all the shit over here, right?" Uh, problem is, uh, the there is a call to designate the location a site of specific scientific interest due to the presence of the distinguished jumping spider. Okay, so the spiders that live there, there's a are they like endangered? A, there's an endangered <clears throat> spider that lives there. Okay, yeah. Well, I mean, sorry, spider. <laughs> you say sorry, spider. <laughs> At a certain point in time, everything 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 dies. It's everything time. passes. It's yeah. over. It's your time now. You have to make way for that Doctor Who ride. Uh, yeah, and whatever spider that decides to adapt better than your lame ass. Yeah, guys, you fucked up. If you can't live underneath the Top Gun simulator, then we don't want you here. It's the way the world, man. Uh, uh, sounds, like, <laughs> sounds like a pretty cool park, though. I'll go, I'll go to that park. You know what? I You know why I'll be happy to go to that park? I'm afraid of spiders. Oh, I don't want to yeah. be, and I'll know there's no spiders there, especially yep. jumping ones. Yep. I don't want no jumping spiders. They're going to be dead jumping spiders. If there is a species of spider that must be eradicated from this planet, it be, surely it must be the jumping ones. What about a flying one? Are there flying ones? I'm though? sure there are. Don't tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> the Florida native flying spiders. Don't probably tell not. Me that. Prob- probably not Florida native, but they're, they're only I'm known sure somewhere. They're only not known to to fly in your mouth when you sleep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> By the way, Chris, don't ever go to Australia. 
No, <laughs> I don't want to go. Like I want to go, but I don't want to go. Like you have to like turn your shoes over when you wake up in the morning to knock out all the scorpions and snakes before you put your feet in there. No, 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 not doing it. Absolutely not doing it. I can see Australia from here, mate. It's fine. <laughs> Australia comes to me every Christmas, mate. When Santa comes around, he brings me my lump of Vegemite. Yep. <laughs> Down under, you're a bad boy. You get a lump of Vegemite. But up on this side of the hemisphere, you're a good boy. Get a lump of Vegemite. <laughs> Gross. Thank you, Santa, Australian Santa. It's like a hang time, mate. <laughs> that was him flying off. Okay. <laughs> flying off on a surfboard pulled by reindeer. Um, Cannes Film Festival 2021 has been pushed to July from April to July they're so hoping they're, they're hoping they're pushing to make it happen Sundance happening right now virtually because um, it's January it's yeah. still too early and all this shit so uh, Sundance 2022 will probably be back in person oh yeah I'm sure it'll be hopping and it will be a very attended event uh, but for now we'll see Cannes 2021 if they make it in person that got moved to July. Uh, Netflix has a couple of animated series coming. One of them's called Skull Island, based on the whole King Kong universe deal. Okay. And then another one is a Tomb Raider series. Okay. I mean, if they're ad- adult enough, I will watch them. Um, I could see that. Well, that's tough. I said enough. Enough. PG-13-ish. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Okay. Uh, meanwhile, HBO, Game of Thrones animated series. That one should be adult. Yeah. Like adult, not just adult enough. No, yeah, that should be like a rated R for fucking violence. Yeah, that should, <laughs> that should be like a TV, don't let your kids watch this uh-huh. shit. Which means kids are like, oh my God, you see that? Have you watched the animated Game of Thrones show? Did you see the Game of Thrones show? That's crazy. That would be me when I was a kid. Did you see the Game of Thrones shows? <laughs> yeah. Bonkers. Like, we shouldn't be watching this. You see the Eon Flux? We should not be watching that. Oh, man. See, yeah. Um, no, yeah, I was like eight years old. I should have watching. Yeah, it was so <laughs> under the radar that I got away with it. Yeah, just because of the channel it was on. On the channel it was on, and the program that was like a program within a program. Yeah. It was like hidden. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> hidden away from parents. Sorry, mom and dad, they're not listening. I don't apologize for anything. Speaking of, well, that's smart. That's probably a smarter way to live. Speaking of Jared Leto. He is re-teaming with Darren Aronofsky. Okay. All right. First time together since Requiem for a Dream. Yeah. That's a long-ass time ago. And they're going to do something called Adrift, based on a short story. Adrift centers on a fishing boat in the middle of the open sea that comes upon an abandoned yacht admitting a strange distress call. Weirdness. Ooh, the ghost ship. (laughs) (laughs) As it continues here, it's according to Deadline, uh, Jared Leto and Emma Ludbrook have spent the last 10 years trying to get the rights of the short story. And then they brought it to Darren Aronofsky and Jason Bloom. So there we go. Um, so that'll be Aronofsky's next movie after he does The Whale with Brendan Fraser for 824, which we talked mm-hmm. about last week, mm-hmm. where Brendan Fraser played a 600-pound man. Yeah. My 600-pound life. Uh, Requiem for my 600-pound life is what was uh, starring Brendan Fraser. I'm okay with that. That's what we're expecting there. Um... There's a movie called The Black Phone. Okay. All right. It's a... Uh, oh, it's a new Ethan Hawke movie. Okay. And it's him, speaking of reuniting, it's him reuniting with Scott Derrickson. They made Sinister together. You ever mm-hmm. see Sinister? No. It's a pretty gnarly... 
want to be like a haunted house sort of thing. Sinister's one where Ethan Hawke is the dad, moves his family into a house where this, one of the sons finds a film projector. And when okay. he plays the film projector... Oh, no, I have seen that. Yeah. There's a weird thing inside of it. Yeah, yeah like an evil thing yeah. that's in there. Yeah. And then it okay, convinces yeah. the kids to kill their parents so, or whatever. Yeah. Um, that's the whole point of them. I think there's two of these movies. Oh, okay, I saw the first one. So Scott Derrickson, who obviously then went on to do Doctor Strange, speaking of that... Uh, him and Ethan Hawke are getting back together for this movie, The Black Phone. And it's based on a short story by Joe Hill, son of Steven. A boy is kidnapped, locked away in a basement with a disconnected phone that suddenly starts to ring. Wah, wah, wah. Ethan Hawke will be playing the kidnapper character. Bad guy, cool. Bad guy. This is according to THR. Um, yeah, I'm interested in this. I like when Ethan Hawke picks like weird genre stuff, like Daybreakers and things like you know. that. And he's always, uh, I think he's made an interesting career for himself. Yeah, that's for sure. Yes, yeah, that show now on Showtime, the lone, the lone bird, the lone something bird, where he plays John Brown, the abolitionist. Okay. The uh, the super violent abolitionist. I gotta watch that show. It's supposed to be pretty good, actually. And I think he also produced it. Okay. Like it's his baby. Uh, Alright, here we go. Wrapping up final few stories. Luco Guadagnino re-teaming. I'm all about the re-teaming, yeah. baby. I like when people come back together. Like, we, we fuck so good together the first <laughs> time. Let's fuck again, baby. Um, Luca Guadagnino re-teaming with Timothy Chalamet for a horror movie. I think a horror movie? A cannibal movie. Cool. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. Uh, according to Hollywood Reporter, this is uh, called Bones and All. Based on a novel, the uh, movie will star Taylor Russell from the movie Waves. Okay. All right. Uh, that's the lady. Yeah. A young woman with a terrifying problem from a very early age. She suffered from a compulsion to eat the people she loves. That is a problem. Yeah. When her protagonist, when the protagonist is abandoned on her 16th birthday, she makes a decision to try and find her father. Man, she doesn't know and gain an understanding for what, for why she does what she does. Uh, so Chalamet is joining this. Guadagnino's directing it. Sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Sounds pretty bonkers. I'm really into it. So Chalamet has got that. He's got Dune. He's got Wes Anderson's fr- uh, French Dispatch. Yeah. He's part of Adam McKay's Don't Look Up Netflix comedy that's coming out in December. Uh, busy guy. Yeah. Well, he was busy. <clears throat> I think all these things are still happening. Well, those things are all done. Yeah. Just waiting to be released. Dune French Dispatch. Uh, Don't Look Up is being made now. Okay. And in the pipeline is a James Mangold director. Speaking of Logan, James mm-hmm. Mangold directed Bob Dylan biopic, Going Electric. Where he's going to be like, I'm a guy who plays guitar, and don't you know why you're so right to lyrics? And now I'm going to use an electric now guitar. Now I'm going to plug in with my electric guitar, <laughs> and people get mad, and I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> There's the movie. I'm Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan, going electric, I'm Bob Dylan. Yeah, that is the movie right here. Yeah. Oh, I hope it's a musical. <laughs> The worst musical. The most atonal musical that means, ever. That means I'll never watch it. Drew will never see it. <laughs> Army Hammer. Last two stories. Here we go. Army Hammer. Um, when all the stories... When he left that movie, the Shotgun Wedding, I was like, well, he left Shotgun Wedding, but here's the list of all the things he's still attached to. Well, let's remove 
One of those from the list. Yes, at least one of them so far. According to Variety, he has exited the offer. That's the Paramount Plus show that's going to be about the the making of The Godfather. Yep. No more. No more for him. They'll find someone else to replace Ami Hammer. So that's two two shows down for him. Or one movie, one show. I'm sure there'll be more. I'm sure there will be, too. We'll see. We'll see how it continues with all that fallout. Sorry, Army Hammer. Uh, he probably won't be in the Cloverfield sequel that's happening. Final story. Mm-hmm. They're actually doing it. Cool. A, a straight up, and not one of these. Um, we found a script, and we're going to backdoor shoehorn yeah. into the Cloverfield universe. No, like a straight up Cloverfield awesome. movie. Fun. J.J. Abrams uh, producing. Matt Reeves not coming back. He uh, wrote and directed the mm-hmm. OG one in 2008. Obviously, too busy doing Batman stuff right now. Mm-hmm. Um, a British writer, Joe Barton, has been hired to write the screenplay, according to sources. And is there any more? What information do we have on this specifically besides that? Fun. Maybe we'll get to see the baby grow off. Yeah, because that was the baby. No. Or, maybe we'll get, <laughs> or maybe we'll get to see the mama. Who knows? <laughs> Let's see that. But apparently it was a baby, so. <laughs> Let's see that, that mama. That was just a floundering child. Um, here's part of the reason why I brought it up. So uh, while Matt Reeves is not working on it directly, this Barton fellow who's writing it, he um, just stepped in as the showrunner for the Batman spinoff show that's happening at HBO. Okay. So they had Terrence Winter, the guy who did Boardwalk Empire and some other HBO stuff. He was going to do it, but creative differences left. This guy uh, is picking up the pieces, okay. and now he got hired to do the the Cloverfield. Uh, <clears throat> so maybe Matt Reeves. Like we're so, you know, all these people talk to each yeah. other. Who knows how that works? It's all tied together somehow. We'll see. Um, the HBO show is uh, centered on the Gotham City Police Department. Okay, so it's like Gotham. Yeah, it's like Wire, but Gotham. Yeah. <laughs> did it. It's called Gotham. Gotham. Oh, yeah. Isn't there already Gotham about the commissioner? But, it, it, it's, but, but you follow Commissioner Gordon through his formative years. But that show's done, though, right? I think yes. that show finished a few years ago. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think it's... Donald think, Lowe was I, in it. Donald Lowe. Get the <laughs> fuck out of here, Donald Lowe. Uh, I think it's a, a similar thing. Donald Lowe. God damn it. Um, all right, that's it. That's the end of the episode. We did it. We reached an hour and a half-ish. So, Juice the Cogburn, thank you, sir. You're welcome. And thank you to me for doing the show. And you're welcome, listeners, for the free show, because it was free. And it was great. I think it was pretty great. I think we did a good job. I'm pretty, That's it. Pat yourself on the back. Just a little harder. There you go. Knock my headphones off my head. Um, that's it. We're done. We'll be back next week with episode 422. What are you going to do? Drusa Cogburn, I'm talking to you. Peace out. <laughs>